Hello everybody and welcome to another edition of Lights, Camera, Sports. I'm your host Mike Galtieri, excited to be back with you as we are in the full swing of March Madness and we have a great guest here today as the legendary BC basketball player from 2004-2008, John Oates, takes some time out of his busy schedule down in New York uh, to give us a call in a couple minutes. John, how are you doing down there? Uh, charge of social media for the Dr. Oz Show. I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me on, man. It's uh, it's great to be uh, be chatting with you and uh, talk through the glory days of BC and uh, especially around March Madness, the most wonderful time of the year. No question about it. So we'll get to what you're doing now, uh, now a little bit later. But let's first let's go back to I know you grew up in New York, uh, Harriman, New York. Talk about that time and when did you start playing basketball? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I grew up in uh, in New York, just outside of New Jersey. Um, and, uh, you know, grew up playing, uh, basketball in, uh, both in up there in upstate New York and in, uh, in New York city, I played for uh, Riverside church for, uh, for AAU, which was a big, um, AAU basketball program. A lot of pro guys played there. Um, and it was started by Ernie Lorch, who's like a New York city basketball legend. Um, and I had the honor of playing there and arguably, you know, that was the biggest, um, impact in terms of like getting me ready to play on the college level and giving me experience. I mean, the amount of competition we were able to get for a high school team was extraordinary. And, you know, a lot of the guys I ended up playing against at BC, I had played against previously um, when I was, you know, playing for Riverside. So it was a great experience. You know, my, my dad and I, you know, would be trekking into the city like four or five nights a week for, for games. And I'd be doing homework in the car and, um, but it was, it was a good experience. It was hectic, but, um, it, it was a lot of fun. And I think a lot of guys have similar feelings of, uh, of those AAU days. Yeah, no question about it. And then you went to high school, actually, in New Jersey, uh, at Don Bosco, which you always hear about for football, but uh, you had a great career, 12.5 points a game, 13.7 rebounds a game and 3.3 blocks a game in high school. Talk about that experience first. How did you choose Don Bosco, uh, to play basketball? Well, you know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, I was really lucky to be able to, to go to a place like Don Bosco for high school. You know, growing up uh, up in Harriman, uh, the main options for, for high school up there was uh, Burke Catholic, which is a, you know, a really good uh, Catholic school, or Munner Woodbury, which is the public school, and they have a great basketball program too. But, you know, my my parents, you know, they both went to Catholic high school. My dad went to actually – Bergen Catholic, which is Don Bosco's main rival, and you know he felt really strongly about having that um, that experience for me uh, in high school. So, you know, he really pushed for Don Bosco. They have a great balance of uh, of athletics and academics. You know, you you go there and you can be a great athlete, but you're going to work really hard in the classroom too. And you know, it, it was great to be there and to have that experience because it really kind of helped shape the habits that you really need to to be successful, not only on the basketball court, but, but, you know, in, in life. So that all started there. I was able to play under, um, Kevin DeVario and Scott Moody, who are still coaching there, uh, you know, still close with them. They're, they're great guys and they know the game. They actually just won the, uh, the sectionals, um, at, uh, for, uh, I think it's, I, I yeah, for their section, they won, um, 
yesterday, I think, was the game. So congrats to Don Bosco for winning that. Yeah, but, congrats. But, I mean, it was great. Yeah, yeah, it was great playing there. You know, we uh, we had a good experience. We won a, a couple of county uh, championships when I was there. Um, and it was just good getting that well-rounded experience, uh, you know, going into BC. And, um, you know, it was a different style of play, Don Bosco, versus, like, playing in, in the city in AEU. Like, AU is like a much more like fast paced freestyle type of play. Whereas, you know, Don Bosco and that parochial league was like much more structured, you know, playbook um, type of stuff. So it, it gave me a good like versatility of experience uh, and, going into BC. And, and talk about your recruitment to BC from Don Bosco. Where, when did it come evolve? I remember you were a late signee in August of uh, after your oh senior God, year, correct? Yeah. Just it goes into that yeah. process. Yeah, the the latest signee. I think I think Jared had a, a similar experience, um, but I was going to do a uh, a post grad year, so I was slated to um, to go to uh, Blair Academy, where uh, Charlie Villanueva and Luel Dang and guys like that had had played prep school ball. Because I had a, you know I had a few good offers, um, you know, but especially with big dudes. They they can mature later than uh, their shorter counterparts, and you know it kind of took me a while to kind of find my game and and really kind of grow into my body. I mean, I was six foot eight when I was fourteen years old, and I like literally couldn't walk and chew gum. I was completely uncoordinated. <laughs> like it it took me a while to to really like you know have my my body catch up to what I was trying to do. But you know I I it was a hard decision. I talked to, to, you know, my dad, my coaches, you know, John Talamo, who father, John, who is the, the principal at, at Bosco. Those days. Uh, we talked about, you know, whether or not I should have taken uh, a mid D one offer or, you know, kind of rolled the dice and got an extra summer of, um, of playing AU ball and, and going on to, uh, to Blair for a year. And, you know, we decided to do the latter gave me an extra summer um you know i played with uh with a team called the new jersey demons and we went out to all the big tournaments and that was really the you know the intersection of what i was trying to do um you know all this time and what my body was able to do and i, I had a really good tournament got a bunch of offers from that um and i was recruited by uh, coach cohen who's at uh, northeastern now and uh ed cooley who's at um at providence and, you know, they, they approached me and they were like, listen, we want you for the fall. And this was like August 1st. I remember wow. being up in Cape Cod with my with my parents and my dad being like, hey, Boston College is down the road. Do you want to, like, go for an official visit? And so we <laughs> went and, you know, I just fell in love with it right away. I mean, it's just such a beautiful campus. And, um, you know, it, it was such a, you know, a beautiful arena. I, and I love the team. I love Coach Skinner uh, and his squad. You know, so... I think we signed like August, like August fifteenth or sixteenth, and I was there for orientation a week later. Wow, that that is that's about ladies and goes, and that's interesting. You probably played your best high school basketball the summer after your senior year. Would you agree with that with oh. the AU circuit? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I I always break uh, Coach Deveri and his uh, chops a little bit because I started for one year in high school. Because uh, there were guys that were, you know, they were better than me. They were, you know, they matured faster. So I started for one year, had like a great year my senior year, um, and then started for three times as many <laughs> years at Boston College that I did at Don Bosco. Because you know, it just uh, just the way things shook out. But 
yeah, I mean, it, it, I was definitely a late bloomer and, uh, you know, it's, it, it was, uh, it was a lot of work and it's, a, it's frustrating when you're trying to, you know, really hit, hit a groove and really get consistent, uh, performance out of yourself and learn new skills. And, you know, you're not getting the success that you want, but I always tell kids around that age, 15 and 16, like, don't worry about right now. Like the most important thing is working as hard as you can, developing those habits, uh, and working hard. And, you know, everything else will catch up. Your body's going to catch up because, you know, you, you can't go back and do the work, but you're, you're going to mature overnight. You're not going to get all that work in overnight. So, you know, it, it was, it was definitely, um, a weird thing to, to have like that one year of performance and then, you know, get, you know, get the offers that I wanted, uh, seemingly overnight. But, uh, it's like Rodney Dangerfield said, like I, I had to work like 30 years to become an overnight success. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So let's now fast forward to BC. What was your first impressions of uh, Coach Skinner? I remember Sean Marshall last week, he came on, he said, you know, Coach Skinner with the scholarship offer said, hey, it's either you're here or now. You want to take it? Good. If not, see ya. Uh, What was your take with Al Skinner and uh, your first time meeting uh, Coach that first year? Yeah. I mean, Coach Skinner is, you know, he's such a, you will never wonder where you stand with Coach Skinner. He is a very straightforward guy, and you know I I always appreciated that because you know I don't I never wanted to to have to translate or, or kind of decode what my coaches were saying. I wanted to know like what I had to work on and uh, what I was doing well, and he was always very candid with that, which was great. So, you know, when I first met Coach, um, I had met you know the rest of the coaching staff, you know Coach Cohen, Ed Cooley, uh, Pat Duquette, and, and Bonds and Colson, and you know, the last person that I that I was going to meet was was Al Skinner, and so we went to a steakhouse uh, on my visit. Which what steakhouse you go to? Oh, uh, what's you remember the name? Of it. By, it was down the it was down the street, Longhorns. No, that's oh not right. uh, yeah, by uh, the Mass Pike there. Yes, yeah. What is that? Called? Totally forgot the name of it. Yeah, great I'm spot. I'm forgetting it too, actually. I like yeah, I like to give him a plug, but we can't remember. But <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we we went there and uh, and we had we had dinner and coach was already there, and you know he was just really candid. He was like, "Listen, this is a great opportunity. We uh, we have a great team in place. We'd like you to join that team, uh, but we have to move very quickly because it's the end of August. And if you'd like to join, that'd be great. And uh, but if not, you know, let us know. And that was it. And like and and he was just there was no uh bs there was no uh you know uh, him you know trying to sway me he was just like listen this is these are the facts if you want in let us know if not you know that's cool too but i mean that <laughs> that was really appealing and uh and i was sold right away i mean i was trying to um you know play it close to the vest and not seem too over eager but i mean i was like after the first visit with my dad, I remember getting in the car and I was just like, I love this place. I want to go here. And he's like, all right, relax. Let's, let's play it cool here. <laughs> That's funny. So then the season starts. Talk about practice. That's when I first met you too, that freshman year getting yeah. involved. But talk about that October. And then that freshman year, the team starts 20-0. So you go from in July not being part of a program to by, what, November, December, re- reeling off all these wins one after another that first year. Yeah, I mean, and I take full credit for all those wins. It was all me. And no, I was. I I think I I might have played in like five or six games my freshman year, and they were certainly not the most important uh, important games. But I mean, that team was was unreal. I mean, I came in and and you know you had you had leaders at the top of the class. You know, we had Nate Dornicamp and Jermaine Watson were the captains that year. You know, two just 
they did it right. They understood how to work hard, uh, what was required, how to play within Skinner system, um, you know, and, and run the flex to, to perfection. And I mean, I remember watching tape with coach Cohen and, you know, I was still adjusting to that style of play and the speed of the game, which is just, you know, really jarring when you come from playing even really high level high school basketball and you are in your first college game or first college practice. Like it's like the, the game is on fast forward. It's hard to keep up. And I remember meeting with Cohen and, and him being like, watch Nate, just do everything that Nate does. Nate like, Dornicamp, yeah. He does, yeah. He does it perfectly. He works hard. Like this is what you got to do. And, you know, so that really kind of trickled down to everybody else. And like, you know, you had, you know, like Craig Smith, you had Lewis Hinnon, Sean Marshall, um, Jared Dudley. I mean, just a, a really stacked squad, Steve Haley. Um, and then, so for the young guys, you know, my year is um, Akita McLean, uh, Sean Williams and Gordon Watt. Um, you know, for, for those young guys to learn from those guys was incredibly beneficial because, you know, they, they did it so well. Um, and, and they were, they were intense leaders. You know, they, they set a great example and they, you know, expected everyone to follow that to a T. Um, so, you know, it took me, it, and I think some of the other young guys as well, a while to really get to that level of, of commitment and hard work. Cause it's, it's jarring. Like I said, you know, you come from, you know, a high school game to now, this is basically your job. Like you wake up and everything you do throughout the day is geared towards like being successful on the basketball court and keeping your grades up. And like, that's it. And, and it's, it's, it goes from being a, uh, a sport that you play to being a lifestyle. And, uh, and, you know, if we didn't have those guys to learn from, I don't know if we would have had the residual success in the years uh, after that. Did you have a big time welcome to college moment? I know Sean Marshall said his freshman year against St. Joe's when he went against uh, yeah. Jameer Nelson was his, was there a moment that you had freshman year and you were like, wow, this is not New Jersey anymore. Oh yeah. I, I remember we were, so that was the last year that we were in the big East, you know, in Boston college, I mean, all growing up, um, you know, Boston college was one of those hard nosed teams that played in, in one of the most physical conferences, uh, in, in the country. So, you know, I remember going to, we were, oh, we were playing at Connecticut and that's when we were on that insane win streak. I think, uh, you know, we were like, 10 or 12 games into this 20 and 0 win streak and we were playing at um in hartford yes at, i remember the know, game at Conne- yeah at connecticut and you know i i really loved connecticut growing up my dad played for uh, jim calhoun in his first game of college coaching at northeastern wow. back in the 70s wow yeah so i had been you know he'd stay in touch with coach calhoun and i you know i'd been to practices and um you know was a huge uconn fan growing up and, you know, so it was cool to go there and see that. And we walked into the Hartford uh, Civic Center and everyone's booing. It's like 25,000 people. I'd never been in an arena that big before. Uh, everyone's booing because we're leaving the conference. Uh, and we ended up winning. And I remember walking off the court and I was walking right behind Craig, who had just had, you know, an insane game. And he's walking and he's just like waving goodbye to all the people in Hartford <laughs> and they're, they're booing and like, and, and cursing at him. And I'm like, you know, eight, you know, 18 year old me behind him, you know, still with my warm up shirt on, like, Oh my God, what are we doing here? This is insane. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was the first time I was like, wow, this is a huge level of basketball. 
Yeah, so yeah, no question about it. That's funny. Every player has their own moment. It's interesting to hear from that. Yeah. Uh, so then we go to sophomore year and then your junior year, and I'm looking back on it this morning. I forgot you started every game your sophomore year. You you made a big I adjustment did. from freshman to sophomore. Talk about those two years, sophomore, junior years, uh, getting involved with the program. Yeah, so, I mean, like I said, I didn't play all that much my, my freshman year. Um, it was a big adjustment year. Um, and, you know, all those guys, I, I think most of the guys, with the exception of uh, Sean Williams, who's, you know, just like a, a freak athlete, like, you know, the best shot blocker I've, I've ever seen. I think everybody else kind of like used that year as an adjustment year, you know, Akita and Gordon, and certainly myself, you know, they were, they were, uh, I think a little bit, uh, a little bit ahead of me. Cause I think that they had, you know, they knew they were going there for a while. I think that they had that adjustment period and I was kind of thrown into the mix. So I, I was playing a little bit of catch up, um, you know, sophomore year comes along and, you know, Nate graduates a uh, huge hole in the five spot. Uh, you know, you take a seven foot, you know, rock, <laughs> rock solid uh, Canadian dude out of the block. You're going to have a big hole there that you need to fill. So, um, you know, there was a big conversation before the season that, you know, this, there's an opportunity for somebody to step up and to be part of it. You know, Sean Williams was kind of the guy that we thought was going to be in there. He had some issues. So, um, you know, I was able to, to work really hard over that summer and, uh, and just really committed to, um, you know, getting as good as possible and, and making sure that I was in the best shape possible and, um, to take advantage of what could be a really great opportunity we went into practice, um, sophomore year and, you know, that was still like front of mind that I, you know, really had, um, you know, kind of tunnel vision to, to get, to obviously get the starting spot, but to get into the rotation in a meaningful way. Um, and, you know, I remember coach Skinner pulling me aside and, uh, before our first game and letting me know that he was going to start me at the five. And like, I, like it was, it was one of the greater experiences of my college basketball career. Cause it was this, that one crystallizing moment where, you know, all that work leading up to it has paid off where like, you know, you're like, man, this is what I've been working for. I, I achieved this goal. And it, you know, that, that was an important, uh, an important kind of lesson. Cause it, it really kind of framed, uh, how I, how I looked at stuff moving forward. I was like, you know what, this is a monumental goal, but I'm going to work really hard and I can, I can do it if I, I just need to outwork the problem. Um, so it was just really cool to be able to, to achieve that and to, to really get that nod from him because he was, you know, I knew who, who he had in that role previously. Um, so yeah, being able to start sophomore year, um, after not contributing freshman year was incredible. Um, and that was just such a great team. I mean, we, we really caught fire that year as well. Um, and you look at like that, that squad, I mean, you had, you had Lewis Hennon, you had Tyrese, Sean Marshall, Jared Dudley, Craig Smith, you had Akita McLean, Sean Williams, uh, Steve Haley. I mean, it was just unbelievable. Um, it was a very well-balanced team. And, uh, and, you know, Skinner was just very clear with all of his guys that like, you know, you play your, if you play your role and you do what you're supposed to do every night, like you're going to be one of his guys. And not everyone's going to go out there and drop 30 every game. Um, and he was, he was big on like, you know, you go out there and like, you need to contribute in the way that you need to contribute. And, you know, it was just a, it, it was a great team. You know, everybody was comfortable, you know, going out there. And if, you know, Jared went off and scored 30, like other guys, including myself, were happy to go out there and, 
you know, grab rebounds and play good defense and like take a charge. Cause like, that's what took for the team to be successful. So having that like, you know, clear mentality across the board, like every single person subscribing to the same manner of thinking is what really made it successful. And, uh, and, and I think that's important. I think that, you know, if a team doesn't have that, regardless of how much talent you have, like, you're not going to be successful. Yeah, well, so. no, no question about it, John. We're down to about five minutes here, but obviously that year, great year, March Madness, you think about it this time of year, went all the way to play against Villanova, uh, a tough loss there, but then your junior year, you you emerge as well, and talk about that stretch where you had a uh, you know pretty good stretch. Obviously, we started off 5-0 and in the ACC that junior year, yeah. and then uh, went all the way, I believe, the round of 32 against Georgetown. Just talk about that yeah. ending and then and transition to your senior year. Yeah, I mean it was. I mean that was brutal. I mean we, you know, we went out. We had a good win against Texas Tech. Um, I guess play against Bobby Knight, which is super cool. Um, and and then you know we played against Georgetown, and just they were an insane team. I remember we were going through scout uh, the night before, and we uh, we were like, all right, you know, Oates, you're you're guarding Roy Hibbert. <laughs> like oh my god man the guy's over he's a refrigerator he's like seven four like or seven two like you know 300 pounds and uh you know just an imposing team is that and, how it uh, felt during the game too guarding him was it you could, could you tell he was going to be in the nba when you played oh him? yeah of course without a doubt i mean there's not there's not too many guys that are that are that tall that strong and have the the touch uh that that he has and you know it's just clear off the bat and um, and then, you know, they also had Patrick Ewan Jr. at the four. I'd played against him, you know, growing up. You know, he was a, an imposing presence. Like, the whole team was just was great. So, you know, it was a tough loss, but we um, we certainly uh, we certainly had our, our work cut out for us with that with that game. And John, just take a big look at your time at BC. What was your favorite moment playing uh, there, and what did you like to do outside of basketball as well, your time, those four years? You know, we – I think the um, – the most exciting, uh, the best, the best moment basketball-wise uh, was um, was the NCAA tournament. I think my sophomore year. You know, we were really that team was really into it. We uh, we shaved our heads for the tournament, which made um, <laughs> you know all all the all the black dudes on the team look great. All like me and like Tyler Neville and <laughs> Ted Dunlap. Like we just didn't look good at all. We looked scary. Um, you know, and uh, but I mean, we, you know, everybody was really into it to go that far and to play at that at that level in the Sweet 16. Obviously, we would have loved to have gone further, but um, that was just a tremendous experience, and it was cool going through it together. You know, you got these all these guys that are working towards a common goal. You know, it makes you really appreciate uh, your relationship with those guys, and uh, you know, and and to do it together was was a really special thing with the coaches too. I mean, you know, we were we were one big family, which is which is great. So to be able to succeed on that level with people you feel so close to was, was really special. And what did you like to do outside of basketball on campus? Your favorite bar to go to, favorite club? What's what what, what is oh, your, Mike, what was your favorite? I can't talk do? about that. I'm married now and I can't talk about it. My wife's gonna kill no. Well your wife your wife's <laughs> no, a BC I, alum too, so she She is. No, my I my wife is a, a, a beautiful, amazing uh, B C alum named Lisa and uh or uh I, I was lucky to snag a good one. But yeah, we you know, we just it was a just you know when you're playing at that level like there's not a, a copious amount of downtime so, you know and I'll, I'll i'll probably come across as lame but like the most the best times to me when i look back in college and like I'm like man i really miss that was just like the off time with uh with all our all 
teammates. I mean, Tyler Roach and I used to like sit around our room and like play Mario Kart and talk about it like we were like doing the coolest thing ever. We're like, oh, those were a relaxing time. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, just like just being the, the it's kind of a, there's no one thing, but it's really the whole experience like that you know being uh you know a basketball player at boston college in those years was a really special experience because uh, you had such a cool mix of like just a tremendous college experience but also like a you know an incredible basketball experience so it was uh it was a special time and you know it's uh, I'm, i was really really blessed and lucky to to have been part of it and talk about that's a good segue how you adjusted now to your post-playing career and uh now evolve talk to us what you do now with the dr oz show yeah, so I, you know, an old, uh, I'm an old working stiff now, and uh, yeah, I played, uh, I played a couple of years uh, uh, professionally overseas after I graduated, and uh, in the in the states and, so, and some of the, uh, in, like, played for a couple of ABA teams and stuff like that, and it was a great experience. My body was falling apart, and I was kind of ready to to move on. So I, you know, I got into um, digital marketing and branding. And uh, I started working uh, for VaynerMedia for a guy uh, named Gary Vaynerchuk, which I'm sure some of your listeners know. He's a, uh, a great author, speaker, entrepreneur. And he kind of taught all of us the, the value of, of social media strategy and how it impacts a brand and an individual and, and, and how, how important that you know, connection to your fans can be. So started working there. I was able to work on some of the biggest brands in the world, you know, contributing to and leading their, their social media strategy. Um, and then uh, around 2012, I left VaynerMedia and uh, I came over to the Dr. Oz show to, to lead the social media strategy for the show. And, uh, and that's where I, I am here. I actually just got out of a meeting with Dr. Oz and he's, <laughs> a, he's a great boss and, and a former athlete as well. He, um, he was a uh, water polo player and uh, football player at Harvard. So I think he enjoys having a, a fellow former athlete around the office. And what's your typical day like with him? Are you just you, you constantly promoting the show? Yeah, well, you know, it's a little it's a little bit of both. You know, it's you know we want to make sure that we're promoting the show, but I mean, Doctor Oz is is more than than just you know one uh, one thing. So we want to make sure that we're also promoting you know the content on the website, his take on on various things, just as a doctor. Um, you know, partner, uh, our partners and our, and, and, um, sister organizations, things like that. Um, you know, it's interesting to see how Dr. Oz is committed to just sharing, uh, medical knowledge overall. Like he truly cares about, um, sharing the best, uh, information he possibly can and, and is eager to do it, um, proactively. I mean, literally right before this call, he, he uh, reached out and, and was like, I want to do a Facebook Live about daylight savings time and how important sleep is uh, to an overall healthy lifestyle. So we like we wrote something up and we, we gave him some notes and, and he, he banged it out. You know, it, he just really cares about, you know, making sure that he's dispersing that information uh, as often as possible. And, and so he's a great guy to work for. Um, you know, I've been very fortunate in my role and um, it's it's a... It's certainly not playing pro basketball, but it's a, it's a, it's an exciting next chapter, and uh, I was very lucky. Yeah, and that's awesome, John. That's that's the name of the game. It's great. You're a great case study for someone who played college basketball and is staying very active and evolving in post basketball life. Yeah, no, it's good. I, you know, very like I said, very I was very lucky. You know, I, I but I think that those lessons that you learn, um, you know, playing basketball, especially for a guy like Coach Skinner that that cares more about 
the uh, and, and his staff that cares more about the collective team and your role within that team than any one player's performance. You know, that's a you know that understanding, understanding how to work hard, um, you know, teamwork stuff like that. Those are all lessons that you know you develop on the basketball court, but apply to you know other other avenues and parts of life as well. So I have no doubt that you know, my time at BC has helped me immensely in my, you know, post-basketball career. That's great. Well, last question, John, do you watch any of the team now? And what do you think that they need to approve on to get this ship back going here up at uh, Boston <laughs> College basketball? So next, maybe next year, we're talking about them on Selection Sunday being in the tournament. Well, you know, that's the goal overall. I think, you know, it's tough. And a lot of people, you know, they ask me, you know, what's going on up at BC? What's happening up there? You know, overall, it's tough to get to get a you know a, 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 any momentum going from scratch, especially um, you know when you're playing in the ACC against insane uh, insane athletes. Overall, I think that they're they've done a good job of uh, of getting better of uh, of improving year by year. I think that the the squad that they have in now, uh, and certainly the coaching staff. I mean, Coach Christian's great, um, and the guys that he's brought in. Um, are are you know tremendous uh, coaches? I think that that's a big thing. I mean, they're they're really rebuilding that program, so it's going to take a while. It's like turning a cruise ship to you know to get momentum. Um, but I mean, the crew that they have in now um, is is really good. I think that they there were several times that they uh, they lost some heartbreakers, and and you know I think that as they continue to get better and, and learn the system and everything, I think that that'll that'll turn around. But it's. Uh, it's tough. It's tough to see them um, not getting the success that we're used to, and, and of course, like a lot of us that you know, we're able to enjoy success under Coach Skinner. Um, are you know we're, we we want them to be able to have similar results, but um, you know we're still very much uh, pulling for BC, and we know that uh, I'm sure soon we're, we're going to see uh, similar uh, results that we used to see back in the day. So I have faith in Christian, and uh, we're gonna uh, I'm I'm gonna be pulling for him for life. Well, well said, John, you know, and they'll get back to the John Oates era busy, hopefully soon when the teams are making the NCAA tournament year after year. Well, John, thanks so much for joining us, taking time out of your busy day uh, to join us at Lights, Camera, Sports Podcast. It's been a lot of fun catching up and uh, reliving some old times. Hey, thanks, Mike. You're doing a killer job. I love, I love listening to your podcast. And, uh, yeah, keep it up. And, uh, thanks for having me on. All right. Thanks so much to John Oates, who joins us on the Lights, Camera, Sports Podcast.